It's wonderful to be able to pray with you at this time. And uh, right now we're going to go into our word for today, into our sermon. So just to give you a quick recap of what's uh, happened in the last uh, week, we're, we're moving into a series of Stronger Faith. We're spending six weeks looking at what it means to be stronger in faith as a family. And this isn't something we've chosen. This is something God has chosen for us. And it's just simply us walking in obedience to become that. It's God who will shape us in this way. It's not something we can do alone. And it's a journey he's chosen for us to become together. So last week, I talked about exercising, exercising our faith. And that's really just, you know, in the day to day, in your regular situations and circumstances, what can we do to exercise our faith? with daily devotions Mm. and things like that. And you can pick up more of that in Acts chapter 2 at the end of that (laughs) chapter. But today, we're going to talk about resistance training. Resistance training. And what that really means is about toughening up. You know, when the going gets tough, the tough gets... Going. Wonderful. I even heard you at home. That's true. (laughs) So, you know, we're going to be talking about when we're taking on the enemy today. We're going to be talking about when we're taking on the fight. We're going to be talking about when we're taking on the mountain, on the journey, when we're taking on the giants, when we're taking on the fire. What does it mean for our faith in that moment of toughening up and this resistance that happens to us? You know, there is a call to us to rise up. There's a call to us to stand firm during these difficult challenges. And so I wanted to bring this back to the personal trainer illustration analogy I used last week. I told people that I, I went to a gym and uh, it didn't change me. I even went to the gym and it didn't change me. And, you know, in the same way, we can attend church, we can be part of church, but you know what? We may not get any stronger in faith. We may not change. What we really need is a personal trainer. And so my good friend Shegan, who's here yes. today, birthday boy, thanks yes. for joining me back up again. We're going to uh, just have a moment because... If, if you can't already tell, because Shegan, you know, he's wearing a jacket and uh. stuff. Guy's got a bit of experience <laughs> in the gym. And so um, what I'd uh, like to ask you now, Shegan, just as a man of experience yes. with gym and weights, like yes. resistance training, could you personal train me for just a moment in front of these kind people? Nah, yeah. Kind people. It's okay. <laughs> so the first session is free, and then you can find all my quotes on the website. But yes, um, <laughs> where I can see right now, Especially what David was talking about with a personal trainer. A personal trainer would always assess someone first, you know. Mm. They're not going to jump in. They need to review you, need to evaluate you, you know, see what you need to work on, what your strengths and your weaknesses are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a bit skinny with the forearm. The ankle is a bit shaky, you know, saying uh, the, the shoulders are a bit. I think the shoulders is probably the, the primal focus point that we're going to work on today. I was could, a swimmer once. Uh, let's not lie. But. <laughs> 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 cool. But but um uh, I, I believe I believe but the shoulders is um it's really pivotal you know especially for upper body you know moving around mobility whatever David's got a weight here if you want to pick up that weight David I'll pick I pick mine up as well um remember, uh, one hand one hand okay. well one hand one hand okay, yeah. if you need to but yeah <laughs> remember with the personal trainer um the keyword is personal. Uh, that's what the Holy Spirit represents as well. Mm-hmm. He knows our strengths. He can't use the same methodology for every single person, you know. Mm-hmm. We are all different, but we're all part of one body. And so I can't use the same methods for myself as I use for David, because we're two different people, clearly. But 
But the deltoids here, uh, which is your, your, the muscles in your shoulder, you have your front, your side, and your rear. Ooh, speaking about brief, let me take this top off, I'm about to bust through it <laughs> one time. But yeah, the, 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 the deltoids in your shoulders um, is what we're going to work on with David at the moment today. Let's take this off quickly. Freedom. Okay, so um, David, if you want to copy me, um, the first thing we're going to do is we're just going to do a lower raise in front of you. You don't have to put your hand behind your back, but yeah, the lower raise in front of you, yeah, and we're going to do right. 10 of those. If you do 10 of those for me. So as David does that, as you see, he's going to struggle a little example. bit. <laughs> because he's going to struggle a little bit, but this is what conditioning is. Um, conditioning is important. You know, I'm not going to go to David and say, do 500 now. He has to build his stuff up so that he has to work towards that. Let me know when you get to 10, David, and then we're going to swap. Oh, is that 10, like? 10 oh, is it? Oh, okay, you want to swap arms with me, swap arms with me. Yeah. yeah, but he's currently working out his front deltoid right there. That's enabling him to push things, to lift things up above his head. If he needs to generate strength from behind him, he can get that from that shoulder, you know? Mm -hmm. And as we lift this up, he's really tearing the muscle fibers in his shoulder right now. He's, he's breaking it. And when he heals and regenerates his shoulder from the soreness he's going to feel tomorrow, <laughs> he's, he's going to find right that like, he's, he's, str he's stronger um, than yesterday. He's stronger and he'll be able to lift. He might be able to go up a bit more, maybe even double, you know. And that's what the Holy Spirit represents is that strength, that particular strength, Lord. Um, oh, we're not finished. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just do one more illustration. One more, one more illustration. Um, so we're working on this process with a personal trainer, the personal trainer will know you, they will show you what to do, mm. and then they will grow with you, yeah? Um, so I've told David, from what I know, what he needs to work on. I've shown him what he needs to work on, and now we're going to grow. So now, let's say that you've developed, you've been conditioning for a couple of weeks. We're going to up it now. We're going to use two hands, and we're going to get low. We're going to drop it like a sock. We're going to oh, drop it like a sock. That's what we're going to do. That. That's what we're going to do, okay? But we're going to lift and squat. And that, that is, a, is a much harder exercise yeah, than you I can tell. I was surprised nobody gave me a practice <laughs> just there. So can we try that again? Yeah, we can do it, we can do it. We'll do, we'll do five of them. I'll do it with you, because okay. that's what the Holy Spirit right. does. Maybe the Holy not Spirit. at everyone, at the end of five. Yeah, yeah at the end of five, okay. So we'll do five. And as we do this, <laughs> you can see that the Holy Spirit... <laughs> at you, you know what I mean? <laughs> the, the Holy Spirit works with you. You're never alone in this battle with Come Jesus, on. you know? Okay. He's always with you. <laughs> Make sure you get from the back of your heels, and then you just, you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you need to, you want to stretch? No, no, you should have stretched beforehand anyway, but yeah. <laughs> we'll do two more. But that's, that's what the Holy Spirit represents. It's that growth, you know? It's that conditioning, you see? Thank you. And, yeah. Yeah! <laughs> and just speaking about, you know, the first song that um, God is our breakthrough. Not only do we have a personal trainer, we have the best personal trainer you could have on your team. You have the strongest of all the personal trainers, the one who knows all the knowledge to fix you, to help you, to grow you, to make you better. Yeah, it's not a mediocre strength. It's not a mediocre conditioning. It's the best journey you could have with Jesus. It's the best growth you could ever be. You'll be the strongest with him. We're nothing without him, but we're everything with Jesus. And that's what the Holy Spirit represents. But yeah. Thank you, Shaggy. No Everybody worries. give Shaggy a round of applause. Give me a round of applause. Thank you no, it's for pleasure. me pleasure. for another week. <laughs> um, fantastic. Thank you. So what you had there is the illustration of a personal trainer, what, how he physically or how he or she would physically help somebody get stronger. They know how you get stronger. They show you and then they grow you or they go with you in that. But actually, 
Well, we, we, we took it a step further, which is really pertinent today, people. Because there's just regular exercise, and I know that was new for me, so it already was like toughening up. But actually, Shegan made me do more than I thought I was going to do. And the Holy Spirit will train us and develop us and push us. He's not just the comforter to be there, there, but he's actually there to raise us up and strengthen us. And that may mean in tough times that he will say to us, go again. You can do this. You can break through this. I know that looks big. I know that looks hard. I know you've repeated this struggle before, but actually the Holy Spirit would tell you, go again. One more. You can do this. Stand firm. Squat harder. And part of it, I know personal training is talking about techniques. And what we've got to learn in this journey is actually the Holy Spirit's technique is the right one we need to come alongside. So anyway, thanks again, Shegan. We're going to be looking at how the Holy Spirit toughens us up. So if you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to turn to Acts chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 11 to 20. Give you a bit of background whilst you're finding your page. Um, What happens in Acts 3 at the beginning is there is a healing of a lame man by God, the Holy Spirit, through Peter. Peter takes a a lame man by the hand, pulls him up. And then what follows that is Peter gets this opportunity to preach the gospel to all those who see this lame man. And they're so excited by it. And here's some of the dialogue. So chapter 3, verses 11 to 20 and it says this while the man held on to Peter that was the lame man now walking and John all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's colonnade when Peter saw this he said to them fellow Israelites why does this surprise you why do you stare at us as if by our own power of godliness we had made this man walk not ours not our strength not our power The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our forefathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate. Though he had decided to let him go, you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know you acted in ignorance as you did your as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what has He had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. What we're seeing here already of Peter is Peter is levelling up. He is toughening up here. So, you know, just out of the daily devotions, just about him going to the temple to pray. Now there's been a miracle. Now he's preaching the gospel. This isn't just an everyday occurrence. This is something different. This is a challenge. He's he's being stretched here. He's toughening up. This is not easy. And yet right here, what we see in Acts chapter three, Peter is toughened up already. In Acts chapter two, Peter speaks to a crowd following Pentecost. And to that crowd, he says, you know, we... You crucified him. It's the reason why Jesus died, but he rose again. And he says that twice. 
But in this passage, if you look, look at how strong Peter is about just calling out the sin, calling out what has happened. It says, and I've highlighted this for you, so if you want to put this back on the screens, this is how Peter says to the crowd. He says, you handed him over. You disowned him. Again, he said, you disowned the holy and righteous one. You asked the murderer to be released instead. You killed the author of life. And then in verse 17, he then brings this to a point of saying, well, it was in your ignorance. You didn't know about these things. But this is linked with sin in verse 19, when he talks about Jesus wiping away your sins. Peter has leveled up. He is toughened up. And what he's toughened up about is the truth. He, he calls out sin. He calls out death and decay here, the things that are wrong. But he also points to Jesus. He points to the righteousness of Jesus, the Holy One. And he encourages people to fix their eyes on Jesus. Can I encourage you, church family, as we go through a season, what I believe God is calling us to grow stronger in faith, part of the toughening up, when you're facing the mountain, when you're facing the giant, when you're facing the fire, actually God's going to toughen us up in the truth, the truth of his word, the truth of Jesus, the truth of what the Holy Spirit is showing us. And the truth that he will pick up in us is about death and life. And I know when I was preparing this word, I know there's such a struggle because for me, I was thinking, well, God, people are going through some really difficult stuff, some challenging stuff. And I want to help them. I want to speak to them. And I just feel God laid it on my heart to say, you're going to toughen up in the truth. You're going to toughen up in what causes death and decay. So you don't want that. So you'll call it out when you see it and you won't associate yourself to that. But you'll also call out life. You'll call out Jesus. You'll be stronger in your convictions of Jesus by the Holy Spirit, that personal trainer working in you. The Holy Spirit will help us be more honest about sin and death and decay and all those things, but also about Jesus' love and mercy and kindness. Jesus rose again to life. And we're going to toughen up in the things of life And part of that is really seeing Jesus' resurrection. The resurrection life is really the aim. Jesus will resurrect all those who believe in him and call upon his name and turn from their past ways. So the first thing I wanted to share today in terms of toughening up is in truth. We're going to toughen up in truth as a church family. That's what it means to be becoming stronger in faith. So whatever giant you're facing, whatever mountain you're going at, even with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit with you, training you, teaching you, growing you, helping you on your way. You're going to speak the truth. You're going to live the truth. You're going to speak to what is dead and call it out for what it is, the death and the decay. But you're also going to speak out life, the life of Jesus, resurrection life. Now, in this passage as well, I've already mentioned verse 19. Peter then goes on to explain about Jesus wiping away all the sin, all the shame, all the guilt, and then to bring refreshment. In the Greek, this washing away, this wiping away, is actually removed, to completely remove the death and decay, the things that were against God. He's removed them completely so that we can have times of refreshment. The actual Greek word used here is rest. So I'm talking about toughening up 
And actually, God wants to bring us into his rest as part of this toughening up, where we're relying on the Holy Spirit, the personal trainer leading us and guiding us, no more to work out our own technique, no longer to work out how to go about life and faith and things like that by ourselves or even asking a friend in the community, but relying on the Holy Spirit, leading us into freedom from our past, our sin, shame, guilt, mistakes, and into God's rest. This is what it means to be toughening up. We are on a journey of toughening up in our trust with God. Remember that verse we mentioned at the beginning from Psalm 20. Trust in God. And we can't do that without the Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit. And what this trust is ultimately... Because I thought many things we need to put our trust in God. I can think on the daily, there's different areas I need to trust in him. And peace keeps coming up. And I want to say, God's peace be with you. If you're watching at home, God's peace be with you here in the building. But the peace of God will come through many different forms. But this is the thing I think God's speaking to us as a church family. He wants us to trust his will. And his will comes out from his plans. Trust his will and his plan. For your life, And you see Peter doing this, even in this moment. If you're preaching the gospel, for me, just a regular guy just thinking about this, why would you go in so hard at your crowd who are just seeking? Like, Peter, calm down. Just tell them about the faith in Jesus' name. Tell them, yeah, you may have done a bit wrong, but God wants to heal you. No, Peter arms himself up with the Holy Spirit and he says, you did this, you did that, you did this. But it was in ignorance. And I just think, well, well, we need a a softer message than that. But I'm seeing it from Peter here. He's giving the truth and he's trusting God with his good will and plan. God's will for our lives is good. It's pleasing. It's perfect. It may not make sense to us, but a lot of the time when we're talking with God, God being who he is in his faithfulness and his trustworthiness, sometimes it will just never make sense to us on this side of eternity. But I'm okay with that because he is God and I am not. And I can trust in him. He's the creator, the maker, the sustainer, your redeemer and restorer, your friend, your personal trainer, the one and only personal trainer. So God is toughening us up in this season in truth with issues and items to do with death and life, life and death but also entrusting him with God's will and his plan. And through that, you will see the power of God at work because you cannot have God's will and plan be executed without faith. It's a journey of faith after all. Let's jump into Acts chapter four, the following uh, chapter, and we'll see Peter again here talking, but this time not just with a crowd, but with the Sanhedrin, the temple court council. And here, what has happened between the crowd and speaking to the Sanhedrin, guess what? Peter and John, who was with him, was thrown into prison. He was thrown into prison for preaching the gospel. Many people came to faith, but they spent the night in jail because of the temple guards, temple court, temple council. They were now going to speak to that same group of people who had just thrown him and John in jail. And it says this in Acts chapter 4, verses 8 to 13. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, make note of that, filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a pattern in Acts. How is he filled with the Holy Spirit? Just think about that for a moment. 
said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called on account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Peter is toughening up here. He's got, you just have to acknowledge who he's talking to for these words. I know it's quite easy to be like, yeah, well, Peter knows this stuff. But he's talking to the general council of the temple, the, Israel, like, the Israelites. Like the Israel kind of tradition, the culture is all set by these people. And he's telling them no other name than the name of Jesus. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realised they were unschooled, and other versions, untrained. We're talking about training with the Holy Spirit. So, so the, the temple council see them as untrained men. Not so. Remember, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Now, I want to bring in a bit of an upgrade to the teaching from last week when I said we all need Jesus as a personal trainer. You see, the disciples literally walked with Jesus, and you see it in this context. They walked with Jesus. They, they learned from Jesus. They ate with Jesus. They went out. They were sent out. They were challenged by Jesus. But after Jesus' death and resurrection, and then finally his ascension when he goes to heaven, it's actually the Holy Spirit who takes over being the personal trainer of the apostles and the early church. And I want to say today, that same Holy Spirit wants to lead and guide and train us, just as he did with the disciples and the apostles. So what we have here is Peter toughening up again. He toughened up between Acts chapter 2 and 3. Now three and four is where the heavy weights come on, where the dumbbells come on. What's this weight even called, Shedden? I don't even know. A kettlebell. A kettlebell. See, I don't even know what it's called. This is what Peter is taking on now, the heavy weights of Israel. And he doesn't think, oh, I should hold back. No, he doesn't think, these guys threw me in jail, so I'll, I'll please them. I'll make it easier for myself. He just goes filled with the Holy Spirit and delivers. And here's where I want to flip what I've been speaking about and talk about trust first. Just think about that for a moment. Peter and John at the very start in chapter three were just going to pray. No mention of prayer now. We've got a healing, we've got a miracle, we've got them preaching the gospel, but then they're thrown into prison. They're thrown into jail. Now just reason with me here. I think when that happens, you could be like, oh, well, this wasn't part of God's will and plan. I could start doubting. I could be like, well, this doesn't seem right. I'm in jail. I'm restricted. God told me to preach the word. God told me to live a life of devotion to him. I'm stuck. I feel some of you at home, some of us here can feel that we're stuck in life, in a part of life. And we could think, oh, we've missed the will of God. We, we stop trusting what God is doing in that moment. But I know it doesn't say it in the passage, but can I assume, at least share with you guys, I believe in the prison, Peter prayed. Peter and John prayed. You'll see it later on because prison happens over and over in Acts. And the reason I say Peter prayed is because he's filled with the Spirit in verse 8 when he goes up to speak against the Sanhedrin. Can I encourage you, in the difficult times when we're fighting the, the fight, when we're fighting the good fight, 
It's important to trust God's will and plan, even though it doesn't look good. Even if what you're going into doesn't look attractive, it doesn't look comfortable, it doesn't look easy. In fact, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be painful. Trust God's will and plan. Because again, I'll say his plan for your life, his will for you is so good. There's no one who has a better plan for your life than Christ Jesus. And following him in his lordship will always work out for the best. It is a pleasing plan to you, but it's a perfect plan. And God has a plan for you individually and personally for us. But he has a plan for us as Wellspring Church that we need to get behind as well. We need to get in together. We've got to encourage those who are, you know, not quite in there yet on the fringes or just not quite sure. Lovingly, let's help. It's the loving thing to do to call out death and to call out life. And let's bring people on this journey together. Peter trusted God's will and plan. Prison, things could have gone wrong. But no, the Holy Spirit filled him. And so I believe he prayed. So in the time of mountain, you're facing the mountain, in the time you're facing the giant, in the time you're facing the fire, pray. Pray. Trust in the God's will and plan for your life. All right, so here we go. Not only did he trust, but we get Peter here speaking the truth again, not dumbing it down, not taking it easy, but just being real. And look, the truth does set people free. And I know this can be hard because a lot of the time it feels like, well, this message isn't nice. It isn't easy. It's nice at the end, but to take that journey of message, I'm going to offend people. I'm going to make it difficult for people. God sets the agenda when the Holy Spirit's the trainer, when he's the personal trainer. And can I just say, even though Peter said all those things, like you disowned him, you did this, you did that. Peter said that in love. I really believe Peter said that in love, partly because God is leading him and God is love, but because I know Peter's been in the same place and we'll look at it in just a moment. Peter himself denied Jesus three times. So he knows the need of a saviour. He knows the need for grace. We all have fallen short of God's glory. That's the truth. But also the truth is Jesus, well, the Godhead, Jesus the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God the Father, agreed before making the earth, before the foundations of the earth were laid. He chose us, which means, get this, he chose to create the world and the universe knowing we were going to mess it up, knowing the price to pay to restore this was that he was going to have to send his one and only son to die for you, me, everyone. God made that choice. Oh, I thank God so much that he made that choice. So we can trust in his goodness. But we can also speak his truth, trusting in his truth and speak the truth in love. But I don't see him holding back the punches here. And I think that's part of toughening up. If we're really going to reach and transform this local area, whatever God's put on your heart, it's going to take the full truth of what God is doing in your life. Let's kind of bring it to a close then. In Luke chapter 22, Just a few mere months ago, think about this as a timeline for Peter. A few mere months ago, just before the death of Jesus, a servant girl goes up to Peter and says, you're the guy, you're the guy who who walked with Jesus, you're the Galilean, right? And Peter, to a servant girl, couldn't say, yeah, that's me. I'm a Christ follower, I'm a Jesus follower, I'm a Messiah follower. Couldn't even say he was associated with him. I mean, the language is really, in the Greek, is bad. Like, he swears, nah, never seen the guy. Don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. And he does this three times. 
levels. Okay, so that was just before Jesus died. Okay, Jesus has just been glorified and ascended into heaven. Pentecost has happened, so we're talking 50 days. We're talking a matter of months, and now Peter is up against the Sanhedrin, sharing the truth with love and trusting in God, saying, doesn't matter what you do to me. Doesn't matter what you do to me. The Holy Spirit's my trainer, my personal trainer, my leader. I've got a I've got to follow him. And this is where, if we continue reading in the passage, verses 19 and 20, it says this after they are told never to preach again, never to talk about Jesus' name again by the Sanhedrin, by the the Israelite, like the people who rule the Israelites, basically. It says this, Peter saying to them, but Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. (sighs) Peter is toughening up. And it's a call for each and every one of us to toughen up in our faith in Jesus too, by the Holy Spirit. Let's be powerfully, unapologetically following Jesus and see things change, see things shift. See the mountain crumble or throw itself into the sea. See the giant fall. Not you, but the Holy Spirit working with you and through you. Let's walk into the fire and not get burnt. Or even if it's painful, let's walk the walk that Jesus has set before us. And let's trust the Holy Spirit to shape us in that time. The personal trainer, the Holy Spirit is with you in the fight. He's with you in the fight. He's with you in the fight. He's with us in the fight. You're not alone. And I know amongst the church family, there's so much need. There's so much going on. But God is saying, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. And he's going with you. And you're going to go. You're going to overcome. This is how I like to see Peter. Peter was a newcomer. At this stage, he's an overcomer. People, can I encourage you? Because of the Holy Spirit in your life, you may be a newcomer. You may be early in your relationship with Jesus. But the Holy Spirit will take you from a newcomer to an overcomer. He will reveal to you the truth. That is what the Holy Spirit does. He convicts hearts, but he also speaks the truth out of you. And he will help you and enable you to trust in God like you've never trusted him before. So finally, to close, resistance training. The mountain may be massive in your life. Mountains are generally massive. That's why they're not called hills. Giants are tall. And we will face giants. The fight, there are battles, there are wars to be won. And there's restrictions. There's literal restrictions we're dealing with. Maybe some of us even face like a sense of captivity or chains in our lives. I don't know what it is. Addictions, difficulties, threats, all those kind of things. Can I say that Jesus isn't just there to help you fight the fight through the Holy Spirit, but actually the fight belongs to the Lord. You belong to the Lord. And guess what? Jesus is victorious. I'll speak it again. The truth is Jesus has resurrected. Life in all its fullness belongs to him and he gives it unto his church through the Holy Spirit. So in just a moment, we're going to go into a song. I just want to encourage you to take the time just now to ask the Lord where, or ask the Holy Spirit, your personal trainer, Holy Spirit, Where are you toughening me up in the truth? Where are you toughening me up in my trust of God? Once we've sung that song, I'll bring that to a close. So if we can play the song.
that also.
Jesus, we thank you that you make the darkness tremble. We thank you, Jesus, that you make the mountain crumble. You make the giant fall. You make the fire so it doesn't burn us. You make it so we can pass through even great seas of water. Lord God, it's all because of you. And Father, on this journey of becoming stronger in faith, Lord, as we face things, and I know people in this family are really facing things, Lord God, I pray the Holy Spirit would fill and refresh each and every one of us. Holy Spirit, right now, would you fill all those listening? Holy Spirit, come and fill us afresh. We need you to personally train us. And Lord God, I thank you that you know exactly what we need. So if people need comfort right now, would you bring your comfort at hand? Would you bring peace into people's lives and situations? But Lord God, if it's a prod that we need or a push or an encouragement to go again, Lord God, I pray people who need to hear that would hear that clearly right now. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you teach us, would you be our teacher to understand the truth and how to convey and speak the truth in every situation, Lord God, to call out death for what it really is, but also to call out the life and resurrection life of Jesus. And I pray, Father, for us as a whole church family, you would continue to show us what it means to trust in you and how to trust in you and to call upon you, Lord. Father, in a sense of being frozen or kind of restricted, Lord God, just that, that scene of Peter and John being put in a jail overnight, I pray, Lord God, any kind of situation that resembles that for this church family, that the prayer would rise up in us, Lord, and that you would fill us afresh so that when we come out of the prison, because we will come out of the prison, we will come out of the chains, Lord God, we will break three of those things. Lord God, that we would stand boldly and courageously like the apostles did and speak your truth in love and say to the mountain, get out the way, go into the sea, to say to the giant, ha, the Lord will deliver me from you. You will not stand. Lord God, I pray for the church family and those listening that your Holy Spirit would soften their hearts to see you and know you in this next season ahead. And Father, would you continue doing this amazing ministry of rallying us together? Would you continue to increase the love we have for one another in this time so that people will know by our love for each other that we are your disciples with nothing to hide and nothing to fear because perfect love drives out all fear. In Jesus' name, amen.